You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday in what's not really a good Monday for the Pelicans after dropping their game this past weekend on Saturday night. 116-98 to was the final score. The Minnesota Timberwolves over the Pels in a game where this team just came out listless and without energy and without fight and all of that. And we're going to go chair leg of truth in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. If you get that reference, good for you. I probably like you more. Um, and we're just going to kind of tell it like it is. This is not going to be necessarily a happy podcast and it's not necessarily going to be a bad podcast either, like an anger cast for the reasons you're thinking. We want to take a bigger picture view of a variety of topics here. So we're going to start by kind of going over this game against the Timberwolves a little bit, talking about the lack of energy in the second segment. I want to dive into the problems facing this team kind of from top to bottom. This isn't an easy fix, and we're going to kind of look at why. And then in the final segment, we'll preview tonight's game against the um, Detroit Pistons and, and what the team we need or and what we need to see out of this Pelicans team. So let's get brutally honest and just dive right into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So the Pelicans lost on Saturday, 116-98, with a final score that's probably not indicative of the game, really, because the Minnesota Timberwolves had their biggest lead of 34 on the night. And while the Pelicans started to come back in the fourth, it wasn't until really late in the fourth when Minnesota already had the game in hand, and the Pels were able to get some points and win that quarter 27-18, when, frankly, they had been blown out of this game base, uh, you know, right from the get-go. We saw this immediately on how it was going to go, where with three days off, the Pelicans came out very flat, without energy, without a sense of urgency, and not really caring, compared to a Minnesota team that was playing on the second night of a back-to-back after a game on the road at Boston, and with a coach who tends to run his players into the ground. This had all the makings of a a great situation for the Pels. They had been in Minnesota for three days. They had time to kind of regain their legs, rest a little bit, feel refreshed, and come into that matchup ready to take it to them. And I said they needed to kind of impose their will in this game and make a statement about where they are in the Western Conference playoff race. The Pelicans, though, didn't do any of that. Minnesota likes to pound you inside, and we talked about how they're a very, very physical team. Well, they put up 60 points in the paint, so the Pelicans didn't take that away from them. Um, on the, you know, when it came to everything else that the Pelicans have had issues with turnovers, they had 16, which led to 17 points off turnovers for the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves also scored 14 fast break points. Um, so while the Pelicans got points in the paint, they were mainly long range. Jump, not long-range jumpers, but jumpers in the paint, and not looks at the rim. And no one really seemed like they cared. When the guy on the court who has the most energy and is trying the hardest at times is DeMarcus Cousins, things have probably gone a little bit haywire for you, and you're not going to be happy with the results of that. Davis was 5 of 12 on the night, finished with 16 points, 9 rebounds. Cousins had 23 points, 15 boards. Holiday had 13 points. That's it. He was 6 of 13, 0 for 6 from 3. Uh, no consistency there. 
Pels got some stuff from the bench because these guys got extended minutes because of the, the blowout and everything, so they could get out there. Each one more went 0 for 4. And on the night, the Pels shot 6 of 29 from 3. This is after about two weeks ago, they were leading the league in three-point percentage. Like I said, they probably weren't that good uh, shooting from there, and they were going to kind of regress to the mean uh, at some point. They're, they're doing it hard right now, meaning this team needs to try and find other ways to score because they really cannot rely on the three-point shooting. And they didn't. It was contested mid-range jumpers from Davis and Cousins. Uh, eventually, they got some looks inside, but for the most part, they lacked that energy just needing to go out and get the win. And after the game, they said all the same stuff that we've heard before. I'm not even going to play the clips here for you. Of just saying, well, the other team wanted it more. They came out better prepared. We didn't have the energy. The same crap that you've heard this team say after multiple games this year. They said it after the Knicks game. They said it after the Dallas game. They said it after that Kings game when they were upset at home. All of those games, the same issues have kept coming up and up and up. And I'm going to talk now about energy and things because that's really the difference here. And this has turned into the debate on Twitter, I guess the, you know, the debate of the week here for the Pelicans of, you know, who's to blame for the energy issues, let's call them, with this team about, not com about coming out flat and not having motivation and different things. Look, there's no one answer, and I don't like when people are just trying to blame one side. Mm -hmm. People want to make things really easy, and it's, it, it's, it's almost, I guess, human nature to be like, well, it's this one thing over here, and if we just fix that, then the problems are solved. But as we're going to talk about in the next segment, these problems are far from solved, and it's not just one thing. And I have an article up on LockedOnPelicans.com today about it, uh, basically saying as much. There are problems everywhere from ownership to the front office to the coaches to the players, and probably other problems somewhere, probably with marketing and other things too, and, and communications and everything with this team right now. And as Scott Kushner put in his article in The Advocate the other day, Pelicans fans should be expecting more. And we're going to talk about expectations as well in the next um, segment here. But this energy debate, it's not one thing or another. And anyone telling you it's just one thing is, I, they're not selling something, but I don't, I think they're either too much of a fan of the team or they don't want to look at the big picture or it's lazy or what have you. I'm not really sure. There's multiple issues here. The energy is certainly on the players for coming out and having a sense of entitlement and not caring and thinking they're just better than they are. This team at times acts like they're the Warriors without having been as good as the Warriors or doing all the things the Warriors do. And not caring when you're getting paid $25 million, that should be all the goddamn motivation you need. That is very much a true statement. But it doesn't absolve the coaching staff from no culpability in this either. And I'm not going to look at who's more to blame or not. They're both freaking to blame for this. But the coaching staff also needs to figure out a way to get in these players' heads and get them to do what they need to do. Try it on defense, other things. You can show me all the clips you want and say, no coach could get this out of these players. You know what? I bet you other coaches could. And if, this if none of those coaches could, well, they're going to sub in other guys that will. And that's something this coaching staff hasn't done. They've done it a little bit with Rondo when he's out there not trying. And you saw this in the Jazz game where they benched him and put in someone else. 
But they don't want to do that to Davis. They don't want to do that to Cousins when maybe they really need to at times. So yes, there are things the coaches could do. But at the very least, a coach needs to help a player find their motivation and what's driving them. And to bring that out, whether that's through practices or conversations or getting through to them, that's what coaches do. So don't come to me and say that coaches, it's not their coach's job. I posed this on Twitter to you all. Say it's not a coach's job, which I disagree with, to motivate the players. When energy and effort and motivation becomes a consistent issue like it has been for the Pelicans, does it then become the coach's job? Or do you just say, well, it's not their job and let things continue as it is? Because doing that has put the Pelicans at 19 and 19 in the Western Conference, and they're two games above being out of the playoffs now to the kind of maybe resurgent Clippers, though I, again, don't know if they're going to stay around. But now the Pelicans are getting 19 and 19, Clippers are 17 and 21. They're two games up of being out of the playoffs. That's not a good situation to be in. And we're going to talk about kind of why in the next segment, along with expectations. So before we do that, I'm going to take another minute here to tell you, go check out Locked on Pelicans. Check out the article I have up there right now. And if you agree or disagree, let me know in the comments or on Twitter at Nola Jake or on the Locked on Pels Twitter account at Locked on Pels, where one of the other writers can also get to it. But let me know what you think. I'm curious. Do you think coaches are to blame, not to blame? Do you think it's just one side or... Do you look at it as this big thing and you're willing to say, yeah, there's blame everywhere here? Look, I'm not going to say it's one or the other. I think it's everything. Let me know what you think over at LockedOnPelicans.com. So I want to talk a little bit about expectations here because that is part of the problem. Look, we've seen that this team at 19 and 19 is a 500 team, and maybe we shouldn't expect them to be better than a 19 and 19, a 500 team or a team that's a little bit above or below 500, which is where the Pelicans have been since mid-November, kind of holding on to that, not really getting any separation um, in either direction at any point. So for the most part, we know who this team is at this point. And when you expect that, then don't expect them to necessarily go out and win all the time or come out playing how they are. They have issues with energy. We know this, so we shouldn't expect them to necessarily play with energy, maybe, is kind of, I guess, how the logic goes with that. And that, I kind of say... Bullshit. I'll be honest. This is year six of Anthony Davis. The Pelicans had him on a rookie contract for four years. They have him on his extension right now, which is still pretty cheap given a player of his talent and his quality. And in all of that time, they haven't been able to put a consistent winner around him. Only one year have they made the playoffs. The over-under when the Pelicans drafted him uh, was when it came to championships was probably 1.5. Was Does he win... Uh, how many does he win is basically the question figuring one's probably going to come this once in a lifetime generational talent the best player in the draft since LeBron James basically all of this was said and you had him for so cheap and the Pelicans have screwed it up he's still here but that Woj article has to be in the back of everyone's mind that maybe while he's saying and doing all the right things here maybe you know at some point he's kind of got eyes elsewhere it's really kind of what it feels like so you know, with that there, you, you you have expectations. Yes, this season we are expecting them, and I even said as much, to be a little bit above 500. 
They're kind of meeting that right now, being at 19 and 19. The problem is the expectations in year six of AD shouldn't just be a few games above 500. The other issue is they've shown flashes of what their ceiling is here. And if there was any way to get through to these players and have them play at that level all the time, said you're looking at like fourth in the Western Conference potentially five you know kind of maybe is a more realistic thing but potentially four they have all that talent talent's not a question there's no questions at this point there should frankly be no excuses and that's what I say in the article over at lockedonpelicans.com there's no excuses for this at this point it is on everyone to get this right and it's on everyone why it's not you can point to the players and again say energy and effort and it's not the coach and no coach could get this out of them again bullshit they could they could do something and look making one change isn't going to fix things firing gentry i understand the people who want him fired it could make things better it could make things worse uh, but ultimately it's not going to fix the deep down issues maybe some of the players start paying attention after that but maybe some don't you know, maybe it shows instability in the franchise and Cousins leaves, or maybe Cousins is happier after that. Who knows? There, If you look at a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, who just bottomed out after firing their coach, it doesn't always work out for the best. So you run into a situation like that because, again, there's still going to be problems because it's greater than one thing. There's no magic button to press that fixes it. It's human nature to want to point to this one thing thinking you can make the change and then it's all better. That's nice. That's easy. That's tidy. That's not what, that's not what is going on here in New Orleans. There's issues with ownership probably not caring about this franchise as much as they care about the Saints. The playoffs going on, yeah, it's fair to wonder how much they're paying attention to the Pelicans and if they re even realize what these big, deep-down issues are with this team. It's on the front office for assembling these type of players and having guys that really just don't care as much and are kind of lackadaisical in their approach. It's on the coaching staff for not getting through to these players and helping them find that internal motivation or to not bench some of these guys when they probably should be to send a message that way. Nothing's been changed in that regards. Maybe they need to try it at least for one game. I'm not saying bench uh, Davis or Cousins for extended periods of time. But in that Minnesota game, Popovich pulls five guys out of time and is like, screw you, go sit on the bench and does that humiliating sub. I don't think the Pels want to go through something like that. And so maybe you'd like to see them do that at some point as opposed to doing it you know, with three minutes left in a game that's a blowout. Just throw in the towel early and be screw it and then chew into them and practice. The Pelicans were off that um, Sunday after the... Uh, game against the Minnesota Timberwolves yesterday. So yeah, it's on them too for that. Don't completely absolve them or try and protect anything with that. That's, I think, a fan and people are wanting to protect a relationship in some capacity, and it's not the right thing. But again, you know, and then it's also on the players for having these attitudes, as I've been saying. it's There's literally problems at every level when it comes to this organization. So firing Gentry, which is, you know, the popular question right now, might or might not fix anything but here's what it definitely does do. Change has to start somewhere. And this team, so this team needs change and change has to start somewhere. Yeah, you're not going to fix all the problems till you probably burn this whole thing down and rebuild the foundation from the ground up. But you're not going to get to that point of even fixing the problems unless you do start to make some changes. So yeah, I get it if you say fire gentry. Look, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. I think whoever you put in, they're not the players aren't going to listen to, and certainly the players not listening to coaches are a thing. Um, otherwise, you'd see probably Boogie not taking very many threes, to be honest. So 
I think that's kind of the issue here with what people want to see. Look, like I said, I don't know if it's going to make a difference, but I understand it because you've got to start somewhere and Fire and Gentry does that. So, of course, as always, the association marches on as we get to almost the halfway point of the season. So make sure you've tuned into the Locked On NBA podcast, the once a week podcast covering all things NBA, the biggest storylines, get the best angles from all the local podcast hosts who pop on there. It's a great and valuable resource to making you a smarter NBA fan. So as I said kind of in the opening and really kind of dove into it over the past two segments, chair leg of truth, we got to look in the mirror and be like, this isn't working and maybe some changes need to be made. And I'm not saying there's a specific change I have in mind um, for those on the fire gentry team, but something needs to be done. And whether it needs to happen sooner rather than later, I think we can maybe find out in this game against Detroit tonight. We, I talked about it when the, the Nets came to town. It was where's the Pelicans' mindset currently after those two wins on the road in Florida coming back home against not a very good team at the time and take care of business and beat them in dominating style and fashion, and the Pels did. So coming off this disappointing loss, needing to get the mindset right and having one of those things that brings the team together like they did over in Orlando, that infamous Orlando practice the team desperately needs another one of, uh, come the ailing Detroit Pistons. This is a team that's still fifth in the Eastern Conference, 21-17. and 17. Um, They have a very good defense, not the best offense, and they're banged up right now. Andre Drummond missed the last game. It's right now uncertain if he's going to play against the Pels tonight. Reggie Jackson, their point guard, one-point rumored trade target for the Pelicans, is out. Um, Stanley Johnson has been out for a little while. He's another one of their leading scorers. I think he's their fourth or fifth. Um, and he, he's their sixth leading scorer. So he's potentially going to be out. So this team is missing potentially three of its top six leading scorers and points per game. But they still have some scary guys. But without you know Drummond, who's played tremendous this season, Drummond's averaging 14 points, 15 rebounds a game. That's awesome. He's having kind of a great bounce-back year for him. Um you know, again, this is just a more talented Pelicans team. They need to come out and do what they do. That means playing inside, not settling for mid-range jumpers. Again, let's see a game where they impose their will on this team. And, you know, Detroit, you should be able to kind of beat them, just kind of sleepwalking through. But, you know, they really can't do that. So you need to go out there and you need to do this. And I don't know what's going to happen with this team. But this is where you find out. Are things maybe okay right now? Look, like I said, changes do need to be made. But this team at, this, at the same time is in the eighth spot. If they're winning games here or there and they're going 2-1 and one at times or 2-2 two and two at times, that might be good enough to get into the playoffs, though I certainly don't think that's going to appease the fan base or really fix the problems. I think it's more just a Band-Aid. But at a certain point with you know the complications to this and what's preventing this team from blowing it up right now is going to be Anthony Davis potentially wanting out and when you've got DeMarcus Cousins, who you absolutely still have to re-sign, even though maybe it's not the best fit, you, you got to be kind of careful here and don't want to go into full-on rebuild mode because certainly Davis isn't going to want to sit through that and then you risk losing DeMarcus Cousins in free agency. So knowing all of this on, is on the line, that should be motivation enough for these guys, should be for the coaches, staff, and everything else. But this is going to be one of those games where we find out, are they, have they given up? Are they still listening to Gentry? Do they bounce back and know what they need to do? Which again, well, that's great, still shows us the ceiling of this team and is going to piss us all off even more when they lose.
So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Sorry we got kind of ranty on this one. But look, we need to take a look at this and accept that maybe there's a whole lot of problems here. Like I said, chair leg of truth. Look that up if you all don't know what that is. Um, and then read because maybe that'll be more fun than watching the Pelicans games because uh, it's been a little rough so far. So look. Do me a favor. Take a look at it in this next game. Spend some time thinking about it. Let me know over at LockedOnPelicans.com where you think kind of the issues are or if you're willing to accept that it is all of them. And in the future on Twitter, let's not just blame it all on one side and just accept and admit that there are lots of problems here in New Orleans. But talent right now might still be winning out. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game. 